From Hollywood, it's Out of My Mind. I'm Jay Douglas, and in episode 24, we're going to take another look at the heavens, way, way above where Santa and his reindeer fly, with Dr. Ed Krupp, director of the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles. What began as a question of whether it was worth sending a space probe to Pluto turned into a fascinating history of scientific discovery and the debt we owe to past and future scientists. It's another out-of-my-mind short story for baby boomers like you who are relentlessly curious about everything. If you're not a baby boomer, you can still listen to the program. All you have to do is ask your parents how many planets are in the solar system and see if they answer nine because that's what they were told in school. It's a surprise quiz as episode 24 of Out of My Mind begins with a simple question and a complex answer. Despite the spectacular pictures sent back from Pluto by the New Horizons spacecraft, there remains the question of whether the money spent on probing Pluto, or any other part of the universe, is worth it, given the other pressing needs of society. To find out, I climbed up the hills overlooking Griffith Park in the northeast corner of Los Angeles and spent some time with the director of the Griffith Observatory, Dr. Ed Krupp. My intention was to discover whether the observation of Pluto was worth the money. But our conversation ranged far beyond Pluto, both geographically and metaphorically. We went to Pluto to find out what we're going to find out. And we've been fortunate to be the first people in the history of the planet to have seen every one of these worlds of our solar system close up, the major worlds. And I was fretting back in the days of the Voyager spacecraft. We were going all the way out there to Neptune, but Pluto wasn't going to be included back when Pluto was still a planet. And I thought, this is not right. I want a complete set. Look, this is stuff way in the outskirts of the solar system. It has something to do with the origin of the solar system. And the origin of the solar system has a lot to do with our origins. So if we want to know who we are and where we come from, understanding the early days of the solar system, the sun and these worlds that whirl around it, is key. And Pluto is one of those absolutely necessary pieces of evidence. Dr. Krupp says... Asking what good will come from space exploration is unanswerable, at least at the moment. Everything that we do in the nature of exploration is an investment in the future. And you don't know when you're in the middle of it what the the spillover is going to be a century or two later. But let's just go back 400 years. Galileo sees that there is a a different kind of cosmos out there, that that it is concrete in its detail. They were just lights in the sky before. Before the telescope, you'd see worlds like Jupiter and Mars, and, and they were like stars that just happened to move differently. When Galileo sees that these are really worlds in space, and he pays attention to the idea that, well, they're moving in a way that our methods for predicting where they ought to be at any given time is not all that right. And he collects that information. He promotes the alternative notions to how to calculate this stuff from the old system that had been inherited from the ancient Greeks uh, as early as, the, in this case, the second century AD, and, and endorses the work of Nicholas Copernicus in Poland, who puts the sun at the center of the solar system and these worlds going around it. That in itself, you might say, is no big deal. But then Kepler comes along and he takes that vision and he says, wait a minute, there's more information here. They're not just going 
around in circles. They're going around in ellipses. These are like ovals that are the ways that the worlds travel around the sun. You say, well, what's with that? Why is that the case? And he says, you know, there's a central force operating. This leads to Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton defines that central force as gravity. Not only does he define it, he explains it mathematically so you can start making predictions, not just about what these worlds in the sky are doing, but what things on earth are doing. And everything that we do is related to being able to predict the behavior of objects, whether it's electrically or chemically or physically. But that, in fact, is what science is all about. It may seem hard to balance. Going to Pluto now versus putting that money to other uses. But it's the same present versus future decision we're faced with when we choose to invest in our children's college education or start a retirement plan. What's more, space exploration and personal investment share a common motivation. It does require belief in the future. In fact, you don't get a future if you don't believe there is one. And you have to have the notion that this is a small price to pay for the continuity of the human experience on this planet. All of the things, for example, that are preoccupying us as practical matters now, whether it's, you know, the climate, uh, the environment, the circumstances and all that. How is it we even know about that stuff or able to deal with it? The picture that we had of our Earth in our imaginations, not just science, but the way we thought about it, changed dramatically when we went into space, went to the moon, took a picture of the Earth back from the moon and saw it as, as this, this blue sphere alone in the cosmos. Astronomy prompts the big questions, and the big questions inspire curiosity. And that curiosity then leads to more accurate representations of nature. More accurate representations of nature aren't just something that we do for fun. They're tools for survival. Our ancestors sought more accurate descriptions of nature to figure out how to get the crops not to freeze or to get everything done uh, in, the, in the season of growing. I mean, this is an old, old story for us. They watched the salmon runs in order to know when that resource was going to be available or not. That was science in its way. Just as our ancestors invested in knowledge on which we depend, we have a responsibility to invest for our descendants. You can help with that investment by lighting the flame of curiosity in your child or grandchild this holiday season. Visit an observatory or a science museum, stream one of the many fine television programs on scientific topics, or buy a book about the wonders of the heavens or the magic of physics. As a start, visit the Griffith Observatory online for a tour of the wonders around us. I've put a link to their site in the show notes. If you're listening on YouTube, click on the Read the Show Notes banner that will appear in a moment. Otherwise, go to outofmymindpodcast.com, click on episode 24, and follow the link to show notes. It's time to make the skies safe for Santa and get our heads out of the stars as episode 24 of Out of My Mind comes to a close. In episode 25, we'll talk about dogs, cats, and little boys. Kevin McManus of the Pasadena Humane Society and SPCA will offer tips for adopting a pet when you're a baby boomer. And Time Magazine columnist Joel Stein will recount his adventures in becoming enough of a man to teach his son how to become one too. It's another Out of My Mind short story. We'll have one every week until the end of 2015. That's next Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern. Let's plan to talk then. I'm Jay Douglas. 
Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a production of the Theater of Your Mind Incorporated, Hollywood, California.